Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Me here, you there, gutting the sacred cow everywhere. What's up, guys and gals? Kevin Goatee here. It is time indeed for a brand new episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow, the world's best movie review slash movie debate podcast out there. Joining me this week, well, wow, first timer, Chuck Nice Boy. He spits some fire as he decides to attack Michael Douglas's 1997 thriller, The Game. Remember that one? You know, the one with the clown left outside his house that he brings in inside for some stupid reason? Is Chuck gonna be able to pull off this one? Everyone loved this film. Let's find out. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kinda like it, yeah, it's trending right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter cause we're good in the sacred cow. Barry, hit the lights. It's boner time. Chuck Nice, can you name the quote that that movie is from? No. You know, it's a, it's a weird thing. I'm probably the, the worst person to have on a movie podcast show because <laughs> and here you I are. don't really watch movies. You know, I'm not a big movie buff. All know? right. I will tell you the answer then. You've probably seen this film, though, and that film Wait. is called Road Trip. Yeah, I think I did see that. Yeah. yeah. Didn't stand out, but who gives a shit? Kevin Goatee, Chuck Nice <laughs> hang out with me tonight. Chuck has decided to do a little film from 1997 called The Game, but we want to thank you for listening to, Gut- to Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best movie review and movie debate podcast out there where we invite our guests to pick a film they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. But the twist being you must pick a film, widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. Because we love giving a platform to those people with unpopular opinions about our most popular films of all time. Chuck has chosen the game, 1997, a budget at the time of 70 million bucks, a box Damn. office haul of $109 million. Turn that into 2023 money, $130 million budget, a $203 million gross. Mm, unbelievable. Like, <clears throat> who would have thought that there was a, such a thing as a $130 million turd? That's pretty awesome. Did you not see Captain Marvel? <laughs> I did not. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> see, I did and, not. And it was a you lot know, more I didn't than see, that. I didn't see Shazam. I didn't see Captain Marvel. I barely saw... Uh, I, I barely watched Endgame, barely. Like, I love all those movies, but I gotta wait until I know that it's safe. You know, I gotta wait until I know it's safe. I can't waste like life and money on shit movies. It, it bothers me so much. And believe it or not, like I've been on many a movie set uh, for many reasons. Some of them I was in, uh, but I will tell you, it's one of the 
it's one of the hardest things in the world to do. Make a movie. It's so much work goes into it. So, and and I I have such respect for all filmmakers. Um, I don't have respect for all film products. (laughs) (laughs) Like the game. Chuck, why don't you tell me this? What do you think the game scored on the IMDb? One through 10 with decimal points. I'm going to say because Michael Douglas is beloved and Sean Penn is also well-respected uh, and they are the two, you know, it's it's one of those movies where um, somebody has to carry it. You know, it's not, they don't make movies like this anymore where it's like three characters. That's the whole freaking movie. Everybody right. else kind of moves in and out and around these three characters. Uh, so I'm going to say they gave it a 7.7. Either you're cheating or you're clairvoyant because it is exactly 7.7. What? Someone wins both showcases on the fabulous Price is Right. <laughs> yeah, Monster. man. No, that make, I, it kind of makes sense to me because, like, you know, I, I see anybody who enjoys movies. They definitely know these two actors and they probably love their work, you know. Right. And so they're looking at the performances. Uh, the movie was absolutely horrific. Well, hold on. We'll get in. We'll get into the we'll Oh, get we get to. We'll get to we'll that. Get I'm we're getting ahead of myself. You are. That's right. Okay. All let right. me let me pirate this ship here. Now we go to the Rotten Tomato score, Chuck. What do you think the critics gave this? One through one hundred. Critics mm-hmm. Rotten Tomato score. So critics can be a little more discerning, and they might consider plot. Um, but once again, they are beguiled by actors who look good on screen and clearly know what they're doing some actors just look like they know what they're doing when they're up there on that screen man and sean penn and michael douglas are two of those actors uh so and what's funny is that they make the other actors look like amateurs you know it's so funny because there's just so they're so laissez-faire about the way they go about their parts. Like it's, you, you know, which is what they call believability. I'm going to say Rotten Tomatoes, 75 out of 100. Very close, sir. 77. Wow. Look at that. What about the audience score? Same deal. One through 100. Audience probably liked it a lot more because, you know, this was supposedly uh, a twist on a twist on a twist. Oh, my God. They got me. They got me again. Oh, (laughs) you know, it's one of those types. So I'm going to say the audience came up about maybe eight to seven to seven to nine points. So you say 77 and nine is 86. You, sir, have a nose for this. 84. Okay. There you go. You got yeah. the finger on the pulse. I'll give you that. Quotes from this film. There goes $1,000. Your shoes cost $1,000? Well, that, that one did. One did. <laughs> That's a legit LOL line right there. I laughed when I heard that. I'm sure okay, you had as well. That was a very good line uh, because... Uh, and they're climbing up a fire escape. By the way, this is what I love about the podcast, man, because... Um, I I saw this movie when it came out, I guess, you know, or at some point many, many, many years ago. Right. And I don't, I would, I tried to like it then. And I just, I think I told you in the email, like, I remember trying to like this movie back when it came out and everybody was talking about it. Um, 
and I couldn't like it then, and I absolutely hate it now. But um, it's funny that line. I had to rewatch it, the mm-hmm. movie, and I was just like, I can't believe Kevin gave me homework. I am sitting here doing homework to be on a podcast. I do homework. This is what- I, I've done homework for 170 whatever episodes. I, I rewatch, we all rewatch every film that we that, that, that our guest picks. This is not just me saying, because I saw it in 1997 as well. I was in college. This is me saying I rewatched this shit Friday or Saturday. I forgot when I watched this. Yeah, I rewatched it uh, yesterday. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I got home yesterday from a, from a function. I was like, yeah, let me put this on. Just But... I'm going to say that was one of the lines in the movies that made, made of, of all the terrible things that that could have happened. Him climbing up a fire escape and losing a thousand dollar shoe was was funny. Five fun facts. Deborah Cara Unger won the won the role of Christine, the film's mysterious female lead, by sending the filmmakers a reel that consisted of her sex scene footage in David Cronenberg's creepy crash. Douglas and Fincher weren't sure if the audition tape was a joke, but fortunately they met her with her in person and found her charming and capable. Mm, sound like a Me Too setup. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it. Send me a sexy tape, and guess what? You are off the you are off this job. You ever see? I saw it was NC seventeen, so as a you know teenager or early twenties. I'm like, yo, there's some fucking in this film, and people get into car crashes and started masturbating and having sex during after car crashes. I mean, that's pretty normal where I'm where I stand that, you know, listen, I just fucked up my car. The least I can do is get a little release, get a little nut off. Yeah, right. Hey, let the uh, let the insurance appraisal guy touch that while he goes around looking at damages. (laughs) (laughs) Number two in 2012, Fincher recalled that he and his partner, producer Sean Chafin, told him not to make the game. He, in hindsight, my wife was what my wife was right. He told IndieWire, we didn't figure out the third act, and it was my fault because I thought if you could just keep your foot on the throttle, it would be liberating and funny. I know what I like, and I know one thing I definitely like is not knowing where a movie is going. Okay. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, basically, what he just said was, uh, we had no plan, we had no script, uh, but we made it anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, but you know, and we made money. See, so guess what? Because that's all Hollywood cares about. Did it make oh, money? Exactly. No. Did it not lose money? That's well, what it really. That's true. Gets. That's all. Yeah. That's true. Because it doesn't. As long as you don't lose money, you get you get as many chances at bat as possible. Deborah Carr Unger fractured a bone in her foot and jumped in a dumpster infested with real rats while working on this film. Okay, uh, it wasn't a low budget film because they had 130 million dollars. Right. So uh, I, I'm trying to figure out why. <laughs> realism, yeah. realism. What what happened realism. to? It's called a stunt person. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. Would, I'll would give they, you. A, why would you put a stump a perfectly good stunt person out of work? I'll, I don't know. I want to let you guess this. I don't think I can get it. So I'll just cut to the chase. Jeff Bridges was initially offered the role of Conrad Van Orden after Jodie Foster dropped out because it was rewritten as a male character. Jonathan Mostow was originally set to, to Jonathan Mostow was originally set to direct the film in 1993 with Kyle McLaughlin as Nicholas Van Orden and Bridget Fonda as Christine. Wow. So that would have been even worse. Right. 
Is this a Twin Peaks kind of reunion shit here we're going to do? Yeah, I'm like, wow, I didn't think it could have gotten worse. But guess what? That just let me know that this is better than what they had planned. Here's one that I said, you got to be kidding me. Charles Martinet. Who's that? That's the guy who played Nicholas's father. Has been the official voice actor for Mario since the 90s. Get up. It's me. Mario. It's me, Mario. I mean, really? Yeah, that's what what the internet says. And the the internet doesn't lie. That's so true. I mean, seriously. (laughs) Told me who my my father was, and I believe it. Goddamn. (laughs) We're going to do Ask uh, 23 and Me instead of Ask a Gutter. That's uh, (laughs) our next one. Let's go to what the fans have to ask you, kind sir. And that, of course, like I said, is our segment called Ask a Gutter. So let's scroll down and no, nothing in that thread. Here we go. At Nemirovsky, could you restrain yourself from going homicidal if you were put through the same shit Michael Douglas's character was dealt with? You mean, I assume he means homicidal on the people who who did it to me. Right. Um, and the, the answer is no, because they hate you. <laughs> Anybody who would do this to you hates you. Right. And as a result, they must be punished. Also, it is scary enough being a black man to begin with. I don't need you to concoct a giant, <laughs> like, scary monster uh, uh, um, scheme to set to scare me straight. You don't have to. I'm already scared. Okay, I'm walking around scared all the time. All right. So yeah, not necessary. And his follow up question, Michael Douglas not killing everyone after the whole it's just a prank bro ending is the most that doesn't happen a catchphrase in this podcast thing in a film full of that doesn't happen. So true. Um, and guess what? Uh, if there, if if that doesn't happen is a phrase, then mm-hmm. uh, I, I we need to like up it to that never happens. That would never happen. Like that. This movie is just beyond believable when it comes to that we'll, doesn't happen. We'll get in it. We will believe we'll get into it. But first. And that actually is going to close up that, uh, sorry, Ask a Gutter. Not many questions for you on the game. People were more like, really? That's going to qualify for the podcast? I said, yeah, people really like it. That is uh, that is for sure. And, oh, one other joke. I take that back. At Pedestrian says, I answered this post with a snarky reply. And all I got was this stupid, and all I got was this stupid t-shirt, LOL. A callback to when he got stranded in yes, Mexico. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what he, yeah. Yeah, I was kidnapped and taken to Mexico and all I got was this T-shirt or something like because he was actually kidnapped and taken to Mexico or something. That's uh, Yeah, like I, I got to give it to him. They were committed to the bit. <laughs> this is like those moments we just did Breakfast at Tiffany's where uh, I don't know if you've seen that or even uh, say anything where they had these hard right turns like and say anything. The dad commits Medicare fraud. Like, wait, what? This is about two teenagers <laughs> trying to you know figure it out. And Breakfast at Tiffany's is just no, she's a hooker. Not saying she's a hooker, but and he's a and he's a playboy, a male right. prostitute. Not saying he's a male prostitute throughout the entire film, of course. And then she gets busted because she's with the mobster who is in drug related. Like, wait, what? Again, that's the writers making a right turn like, ah, shit, we got to escalate this somehow. Quick, bring in peyote, stat. Let's let's figure this out. All right, next. Hey, no one listens to the end of podcasts, so let's get those plugs out right now. Chuck Nice, what are you up to, and where can we find you? Oh, gosh, let's see. 
If you have Disney Plus, check out my show on Disney Plus on the Nat Geo uh, panel. It's called Brain Games on the Road. Of course, I do a podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson called Star Talk. Uh, I am about to film a comedy special, so look for that this fall. Congratulations. Please, yeah, thanks. Whatever you do when my comedy special comes out. I don't give a fuck if you hate me, like me, nothing. Just, just get the damn special. Okay, I don't care. You don't even have to watch it. I don't care. Just, you know, just get the special. <laughs> Turn on in the background and walk out of the room. And walk out. Saying. Who cares? You know, so there is to it. I don't care. But yeah, uh, so that's what's going on, man. You know, I'm and uh, the, the comedy special is going to be accompanied by an album. So, you know, it'll come out at the same time. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Congratulations on that again. Uh, don't forget guttingthesacredcow.com to find some sweet ass merch, hats, mugs, bags, the whole kit and caboodle. Does anyone say nice. kit and caboodle anymore? Fuck, yes, I don't know. Yes, of course. The kit and the caboodle both say that. Hell yeah. And while you're doing that, go over to your favorite podcast platform of choice, wherever you hear us, and just give us that five-star rating, two or three sentence review. That helps us with the algorithm. And if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com, or just if you want to say, hey, what's up? So, Chuck, I know you're dying already to do this. So why 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 keep this stallion, you know, cornered up? Let this let him out. Let him graze. Let him run. Time for Chuck Nice to gut the sacred cow. Nice. Well, first of all, um, I got to tell you that uh, this movie was the biggest piece of shit that. <laughs> I've ever laid eyes on from start to finish. Cause like I said, I wanted to do my due diligence and actually watch it. And the name of the movie uh, should be 142 minutes of wasted life. That should be the name <laughs> of the movie. Um, it, it really, so here's the premise for those of you who don't know, cause I'm sure you're not going to watch this. So it's, uh, Otto von Otten or whatever Michael Douglas's character's name is. Uh, Nicholas Van Orton. Yeah. Nicholas Van Orton. And I love how like they give they put a van in his name. Like he's rich. Don't you and see it? Super white. Right, exactly. Cause you know, like the only van that you get in a brother is Van Dross. Like Luther, <laughs> like if, if it was Luther Van Dross, that'd be a, like, you know, anyway, different movie. So uh, Nicholas Van Orton uh, is the son of a magnate, a magnate who committed suicide by jumping off of his own filthy rich mansion uh, and killing himself in his uh, half his semicircle driveway in front <laughs> in front of his kids. Scott, by the way, there uh, if you've ever seen Succession, yes, um, the opening sequence of succession is lifted straight from this movie only cool yeah. thing that i liked about it the opening sequence of succession lifted right out of this movie um it's almost i mean like almost it's almost like they were paying homage to this movie when you see the sequence but anyway uh, what you find out in the little montage is that his father was a cold unfeeling um assholian guy who basically just was about money and nothing else. There's like one part where they are, they have to take a picture together and he looks like he's taking a picture with Kanye West. Like that's, 
that's how fucked up this dad is. Like he just hates his kids. He hates his life and he hates himself. And then he ends up showing it to everybody by jumping off of his own roof. <laughs> hey kids, you know what? You can't throw a curveball. This is how disappointing I am in you. Splash. <laughs> right. Not even splat. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to now Nicholas Van Orton is a grown man, a hedge fund manager with his own firm, and he's managing assets in excess of $600 million, which is a few billion dollars by today's standards. You know, I like the accent you're putting on, by the way, like the British accent. It's playing perfectly. But oh, oh, very good, very good. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it because, quite frankly, as I speak about Nicholas Van Orten and his vast wealth, this is what comes over me. But uh, Mr. Van Orten, of course, is a captain of industry, and uh, he is now in a position where he is, um, how shall we say, the invisible hand behind so many lives. But he himself, cold, empty, divorced, living in a mansion with many rooms but no room for love so anyway oh so anyway um it's so great that i'm making this shit up as i go along right now (laughs) (laughs) but so what we find out through a series of events is like he's a real asshole i mean he's just oh like you know um He's Grinch-like, but his heart is like three sizes smaller than the Grinch's heart, you know? Yeah. He's, and uh, he's like, okay, I don't care. I, I sit at home by myself. I, you know, I jerk off onto my pile of money. I go to sleep, and then I get up and I go make people's lives miserable, which gives me more spank fodder for the next light night. That's his life. Jerking off on a pile of money, that's an avenue that DuckTales should have taken with Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Wait, you didn't see that it. episode? That's where I got it from. <laughs> anyway, by the way, that was the sound his dick made when he came. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, here's the deal. Now, his brother, who is Sean Penn, is super cool laid back guy went into like you know a vision quest down in new mexico did some ayahuasca found out that he's connected to the whole universe and on mr van orton's birthday shows up and says hey man got you something here it is it's a little card and happy birthday and the card is for this company called crs and they do recreational services okay so He's like, okay, whatever, I don't care. But then, little does he know that this is a ruse to suck him into this big gaslighting scheme to turn him into a nice person. And really, the most unbelievable turn of events start to fall like dominoes, one right after another. Two guys who somehow are now a part of the club. By the way, for those of you who believe in conspiracy theories, this is your movie, all right? This has got it, Illuminati shit written all Oh, my over. God. If you think 9-11 was an inside job, you are in for a great time. <laughs> Watch this movie, okay? If you think we didn't go to the moon, this movie <laughs> was made for you because 
for a conspiracy to work, and this is why most conspiracies are bullshit, because it's a secret plot that so many people have to be a part of, there's no way it could have been fucking secret. Yeah. That's the definition of a conspiracy uh, that, that, that with conspiracy theory. It's like, we didn't go to the moon. Do you know how many people would have to be involved to fake the moon landing in order for the moon landing? It's actually easier to go to the moon than to get that many people yeah. to get and be a part of a conspiracy not to go to the moon. So here's what happens. Two guys pretend to be like these well-off um, business owners who uh, are in from uh, across uh, the great pond and they're talking about, oh, they just happen to be talking about CRS. Oh, oh, I know what CRS is. Oh, So then he finally goes there. Let me go see what this is about. And of course, this part was kind of cool. If you want to know how to sell, if you want to know what great salesmanship is, the scenes at CRS where the guy is trying to get him to join by not getting him to join uh -huh, is a master, master class in salesmanship. Yeah. He yeah. says, yeah, we need all this, you know, but this is probably not for you. You know, Ugh, you know no, well, you know. Or well, when the girl calls him to say, I'm sorry, your application has been you're rejected. denied. Yep. Because yep. he's an alpha male. Nobody denies me. Yeah. I'm Nicholas Van Orton. Anyway. Of course, he. the idea is that you get your purchase, a game was purchased for you. You don't know when the game starts, but it's the game. Oh, what if somebody, they try to scare me, whatever. So here's the things that happen in the game for him. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, let's start it off. Um, he comes home and there is posed in his driveway in the same position that his father, who jumped off the roof, was found, that he witnessed as a kid. The clown is in that position like it jumped off the roof. Like right there, I was done with this movie. Like how <laughs> fucked up is that? That's not, that, like, that's not a prank anymore. That's called PSYOPs. That's somebody who is trying to destroy you. <laughs> like they faked, they, I'm sorry, they recreated his father's death with a clown in his own driveway. Then, of course, the TV starts talking to him because the clown has a camera in it. And the guy on the television is like, um, you know, like, say, Don Lemon just starts talking to you like you're watching cable news. And Don Lemon just goes, hey, Jimmy, you know, why are you eating that ham sandwich? Yeah. You fat piece of shit. Like, that's what happens. Uh, so he's like, what's going on? Long story short, of course, we know all these things are part of the game. He somehow doesn't, doesn't figure this out, that this is part of the game. He goes to work, I mean, to the club. Girl spills stuff on him. You know, she's part of the game, of course. And that's the, uh, what's her name? The, the actress. Oh, oh, Deborah Cara Unger. Christine, yeah. the character. Christine. Yep. Yep. So Christine's a waitress. She spills stuff on him. He goes after her, of course. Okay, boom. Uh, right then, a guy falls in the street, has a heart attack. Like, at this point, you're like, okay, this is crazy. Like, there's no way this shit could ever happen in real life, you know? He goes over to the guy. Of course, he's an asshole, so he's not going to try and help the guy. But, you know, at least my thing is this. None of these things would work if the guy was really as much of an asshole as they said he was. Because if you're that much of an asshole, an old guy falls in the street 
You're like, I don't have time for that. I, I you know, I'm late for a meeting. <laughs> uh, I got this dinner reservation in 20 minutes. I got to go. Exactly. Why would I go over there and check on some old dude? Because I'm an asshole. Anyway, he and Christine, uh, the cop tells them, you got to fill out this paperwork. No, I don't. That's that's another thing. He's like, he's supposed to be a captain of industry, a man who rules other people's lives, but he takes orders so easily. Yeah. Fill out this paperwork in the back of this ambulance. Okay. He gets in the ambulance. They get somewhere. It's all of a sudden, all the people run away. Oh, okay, this must be my game. Lights go out. Everybody disappears. Oh, this must be my game. They go upstairs. And of course, where are they? Oh, they're at CRS. Oh, what's going on? Now he and Christine are on a, an adventure together. None of this shit makes any sense. <laughs> One minute, you're leaving the club. Yeah. The waitress spills something on you. The next minute, you're inside of this abandoned warehouse place where there's a building, I mean, a, a company that supposedly you just signed up for. The whole thing makes no sense. And then that's when you that's when the one good line in the movie happens because they escape and they're running from a dog and he loses his shoe you, on. You make a great point about that. He follows around like a, like a dog with all without the promise of pussy, which also makes me scratch my fucking chin and go. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like he doesn't like nothing. Anyway, long story short, she gets in a cab when the whole thing is over. He goes back to his uh, uh, and then. OK, boom. But OK, now all of a sudden he gets a call. All right. Out of the blue. Oh, you left your your credit card. OK, he goes to the hotel. Now, by the way, right now you're thinking left your credit card where Chuck? Well, you didn't tell. They don't tell us. No, he just accepts the fact that his credit card was used to check into the most expensive hotel in town. And he goes down there to get his credit card instead of I didn't do that. Cancel my credit card and then call American Express. He doesn't do that. He goes to the hotel and finds, oh, they set me up. Okay, what's the setup? His room in his room that he did not rent. He did not get this room. Okay, in it, there are pictures of a woman. There's porn on the TV and a woman who is half clothed and cocaine is all over the table. Now, first of all, this is the point where it's just like, all right, this just turned into the real game. It's a <laughs> gift now. You guys, now I get the gift. Okay, bring the woman back. Let me keep the coke and happy birthday to me. No, <laughs> he's like, oh my God, he's not in any of the pictures. He did not rent the room, but yet somehow he's so upset that his name is on this room where this porn is playing. He, uh, even, cl he even cleans it up. Yes. No, one, no dude cleans up a room unless there's, I mean, I've left rooms where there's condoms on the floor. I'm not proud of it, but I've done it. And just yeah. even extra tip for the maid going, ugh, just exactly. Sorry. You kidding me? Sorry. I'm, I cleaned up with the drapes and, just, <laughs> and, and left 20, just left yeah. the 20. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, they go through all these machinations for you to find out that or for him to find out that this whole thing is a clever ruse. CRS is really a scam company and they took all of his money. How'd they take his money? Well, he calls the banks and all the banks tell him that his accounts are zero. Oh, this cannot be. So now he's giving them all the passwords and all of his account information over the phone. 
only to find out that, oh, wait, his accounts are totally fine. And then the people from CRS are like, that was the whole game all along. We wanted to to steal all your money, and now we can. They then pretend to shoot at not pretend. They shoot at him. They drive him in a cab, back of a cab, into the river, which he somehow, they had given him uh, the window handle. That's how long. By the way, they had electric windows in 1997. Yeah. Yeah. But yet they gave him a crankshaft window. He rolls the window down. He gets out. This is, I mean, this thing is all over the place. You see how crazy I sound explaining this? And I'm pretty much going exactly how the movie went. That's how ridiculous this movie was. That I'm pretty much explaining it the way it happened, almost in sequence. And guess what? It made that much sense. It was terrible. Um, Long story short, uh, he finds out that all the people involved are actors and the conspiracy to take all of his money. He still believes. Then she says, what kind of, uh, he pulls out a gun and she says, wait, where'd you get that gun? He goes, oh, it's my gun. She goes, wait, that's the wrong gun. No, listen, the whole thing is a fake. Your brother brought this. It's a fake. Your brother's behind that door. And they're going to open that door and they're going to have bubbles and champagne. They open the door. He shoots. He kills his own brother. His brother falls to the ground. There's blood everywhere. He goes, oh, my God, I just killed my brother. He jumps off of the roof. Falls through a glass wind, a glass ceiling. I'm sorry, a glass ceiling, like a skylight. A breakaway glass, glass. glass. Breakaway but it's glass. all made of breakaway glass. And he falls into a stuntman um, airbag. So if you ever seen stuntmen jump off of like a three story building and then they fall into this giant cube, that's what they had waiting for him because they knew he was going to kill himself. That's the other thing, too. Every single thing that he does, they have now he took a psychological test. Yes, but it's so exact. It's so exact. His the prediction of his particular moves. It's ridiculous. He kills himself, but he doesn't kill himself. It's breakaway glass. They have a stunt bag waiting for him. And then they're just like, Mr. Van Orton, don't open your eyes. Okay. <laughs> it can still cut you. It's breakaway glass, but it can still cut you. It's breakaway you. glass, but it can still cut you. Yeah. It's okay, Mr. Van Orton. And then he gets up, and of course, it's a party. Oh, it's his birthday party. And his brother comes out. Hey, man, you were being kind of an asshole. He actually says that. You know, you were really getting to be an asshole. I had to do something. You had to drive me off of a pier into the fucking river. That's what you had. How about this? Hey, man, you seem like uh, something's on your mind. You want to talk? How about you try that before you shoot at me? <laughs> so, so, oh, it was all squibs. And it's, it's such bullshit. Um, Let's go, strip club and let's, let's go to the strip club and have a talk over a lap dance. How, you know what? There you go. How about that? Yeah. A, a lap dance and a scotch. Hey, yeah. man, you've been really, uh, you've been really, a, you've been kind of a dick lately. You know, I'm your brother. I just want to know what's going on. So the whole idea was this movie doesn't work nowadays because we have something called therapy. <laughs> so, you know, 97, they didn't have therapy, you know, and it's so funny because he goes to when he's at lunch with his brother, his brother's like, happy birthday. And he goes, uh, so yeah, you, you've been doing, you, you've been taking that medication. And he goes, 
I'm not talking. I'm not talking to a therapist anymore, and I'm not taking meds. I'm doing great. <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody said that to you today? No. Pitchforks <laughs> and pitchforks and tiki torches, kids. <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody said, "Fuck therapy. I'm doing great, and I'm not taking those meds." Yeah, um, and things are really wonderful for me. There's no way, man. So, by the way, um, anybody who is like anti woke, please start this movie at the end and watch it in reverse, and you will have the happiest ending ever because you'll <laughs> see a guy who is like totally humble and like worried about everyone turn into the biggest money grubbing asshole ever <laughs> <laughs> so then that so is anyway, how is the play <laughs> exactly so anyway that's why i hate this movie those are all the reasons i hate this movie um that and here's here's the biggest part after everything he went through Christine says, hey, do you want to come to the um, airport with me and have a cup of coffee? All right. Now, mind you, he, he's at his party. And he's like, hmm. And I'm like, really? After all that, you didn't learn that it's impolite to leave your guest at your party to go to the airport, like with some chick who basically just uh, scammed you into thinking that you were part of a $600 million uh, uh, financial fraud. Wait, wait. Who dosed you? How about that part? <laughs> yes. Oh, she drugged him. Yeah. <laughs> and sent him to Mexico in a box. I forgot that part, guys. Um, thank you, Kevin. Uh, yeah. That's the, he wakes up in Mexico without his passport and without any money because she drugged him and yeah. put him in a box and sent him. He wakes up in a crypt in Mexico. Okay. And this woman invites him to coffee and he's like, Oh yeah, fuck those people upstairs. I'm like, you learned nothing. Yeah, You're well, that's like that's that's smart on her behalf because it's like he can't come kill me in an airport. A, there's too many people, and B, I am literally getting on a plane and going somewhere he can't catch me unless he buys a ticket that exact moment and gets on the same flight with me. It's like he can't tail me, come right. home and go, hey, remember that part where you drugged me and put chloroform over her face and pat make her pass out and <laughs> yeah. then put us a crucifix up in his own house and go, I'm going to bleed you out slowly now. You watch, you know, shit like that. <laughs> the airport's the safest place in the world. So that's exactly smart. smart on she her was behalf. smart. What I don't understand is why they didn't make a sequel to this movie where he just seeks revenge on every single person. <laughs> like, why? He's like, they... he, he's a new jig. He's a white collar jigsaw. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play a game. <laughs> That's my shitty Michael Douglas impression. Exactly. What do you got for me, Chuck, on a score, one to 10? Oh, God. If it were 1997, I would say five. Uh, if you watched it today, I'm going to give it a three. Got it. Three. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Yeah. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com. Grab yourself a hat, mug, shirt, bag, whatever. We got everything. And, of course, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Give us a follow on all the socials, Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, GTSC podcast. Notes. How annoying must it be to have to wear full suits at a summer party if you're rich? I swear, if I get wow. to that... If I get to that fuck you money, I'm still going to wear flip-flops and shorts like I do every day in the summer. But, Steve, that's that's the real rich. I know. Okay? Notice that Rick Rubin doesn't show up in a suit. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, that guy shows up in flip-flops and shorts with a beard that makes him look like he, you know. Like Lives home- under the underpass. Yeah, exactly. Homeless dudes, it, like, fall asleep next to him because <laughs> they feel that comfortable. I'm surprised Michael Douglas does not have a driver taking him to work every day. That was a shocker of all, I thought. Like, wait yeah. a minute. That rich and you don't have a driver? I don't know. I, that was the first thing that I noticed in the movie, and then I figured it out. BMW played for, paid for products placement. <laughs> they could have had a driver drive him in that BMW. That is true. By the way, that's he, he, he had a 7 Series, and that is the car that you would have a driver for. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Uh, Seymour Butts is called for uh, Sean Penn, Sean Penn's uh, character. We all know the famous porn producer. That is pedestrian. What are you in the third grade? Couldn't you've done Dick Gazinia or Loose Cunt? Right. Someone up your game, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Here's something I thought you were gonna nail, and I'm shocked you didn't. Where the hell does Sean Penn get the money to pay for the game for his brother when he is on the balls of his ass? Oh no no no, he's um. You got to remember that Sean Penn, that's the whole idea, is that they're both filthy rich because of their dad. So that made sense to me. I mean, he says he's woke up, woke up on, the, on the beaches of Ibiza. Right. I mean, that's either a very rich man thing to do or a very poor man thing to do. <laughs> and the fact that he's just bumming around, not up to much. I was leaning toward the he pissed through all of his, his father's financial wealth. And then that's what he's like, ah, I've got an extra 500000 laying around. Let me get my older brother as a real jerk off a hell of a birthday gift to help him realize it. Like, yeah. I just had an epiphany while in said beach in Ibiza. And, and by the way, his brother at the end of the movie, he says, split you want to go half? And yeah. they split it. Yeah. Which, I, you just paid to have somebody terrorize you right. for a week straight? Yeah. What the fuck? Mm. So I was saying either, again, uh, Sean Penn not having the money, that's a lot of heroin balloons to mule from the beach of Ibiza back to the States to pay for that kind of charade. <laughs> Michael Douglas eats a cheeseburger on a Kaiser roll. No wonder why he's so miserable. <laughs> what psychopath eats a cheeseburger on a Kaiser roll? <laughs> exactly. Roast beef only, baby. Oh, not a burger. Fine. Any kind of deli meat, but not a burger. Yeah, but deli meat, not a burger. Yeah. What shitbox person calls someone Connie when his name is Conrad? That's a nickname I throw fist over. Well, that's why his brother uh, hated him so much that he put him through this whole game. Yeah. Yeah. At the end, that's the part they cut where he goes, by the way, stop calling me Connie. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> How many Connies were there besides Connie Mack, the manager of the Philadelphia Athletics? There you go. Oh, nice, 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 nice pull. Did, did you know? Thank you. I'm a sports guy. Did you know Michael Douglas said his age of the character's age in this film is 48? He doesn't look a day under 55, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I'm 46, <laughs> and he's 48? Fuck. Yeah, Those are it. some city miles, my friend. 
Look, I tap out on surveys that are more than 20 questions. He's doing a physical fitness, mental test, and watching slideshows of snuff porn for something he's not even sold on. He doesn't even know what it is. Right. A millionaire that has that much spare time? Bullshit. Absolutely. If this a, if this is a film to get me to feel bad for Rich Michael Douglas, it is not working. That is like I would feel bad for Pete Davidson every time he gets dumped. The nines and tens will keep coming back to his nine and ten inch dog. Boo <laughs> fucking who? Exactly. This film is not indicative of San Francisco. There could be because I don't see any homeless people shoplifting or taking dumps on the sidewalk, and I right. don't see Barry. I don't see Barry Bonds shooting HGH as his hat size increases from eight and three quarters to three feet. i love it why would you drag that clown into the house why Why would you there's nothing that can good come that can come out of that i will let a homeless person sleep on my couch before i bring a saw knockoff into my house yeah i'm not bringing a clown anywhere as a matter of fact why didn't you set that clown on fire the moment (laughs) that you walked up into your if i walked up into my driveway and I found a clown, it is going to burn. Yeah. That's all there. It's like in the house, get the lighter fluid, clown up in flames. Those are the steps. Two words, Viking funeral. <laughs> the next level of mind fuckery would be to have Nicholas's ex-wife deep faked as part of a 28-man gangbang as he turns on the TV. That would be <laughs> the next level shit that as comics we would do. You know, that... That that could be good though. I don't know. You, you ever you, you ever wait tables and spill something on someone? I was in Aruba in November when a waitress spilled an entire tray of drinks down my back and barely got an apology. You know how much they knocked how much they knocked off my bill? Twenty five dollars. Do you know how much my Casamigos on the rocks cost me that night? Forty. <laughs> There's a lot more than a, I'm sorry. It's uh you know what your meal here free. Yeah yeah yeah. When all the lights went out at the air at the at the hospital, at excuse the hospital. me, I fully expected when the lights to come on to have the gay guy from airplane saying, "Just kidding." <laughs> you know what else would be fun to do, Chuck? I would love to just hand out keys to random strangers and then say, "You'll know what to do when the time is right." Oh my God, that's a oh, oh yeah or, or a door how, handle exactly <laughs> door, handle. door handles or keys yeah. or or handfuls of keys like two fistfuls of keys in, in your glove compartment. Yeah. You're in on it. That's Sean Penn finds a bunch of keys in his brother's car and he's like, you're part of them. It's crazy. Is he having his own key party, but jerking off by himself? Yes, he, he knows where he knows <laughs> each person who left the key. It's him. <laughs> I'm going to make came, love to me all night. Who isn't? Me next. <laughs> this came out in 1997 when Michael Michael Douglas was banging right in her prime, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Zeta-Jones, yeah. But boy, wowza, did he pay the price for going down on her because he got the hot batch of HPV in his throat. Yes, but, he did. Hey, look, if you're going to get in a car accident, make sure it's behind the wheel of a Porsche and not a cabriolet. Yeah. I really think he got the uh, throat cancer because um, this movie – he just couldn't swallow he couldn't swallow the fact that he did it <laughs> hey let me ask you this chuck when does a hospital security force have german shepherds that, that attack intruders you know <laughs> and by the way then they're patrolling the street 
Right. They're, they're not even on the grounds of the hospital. No. They're just in the hospital security car right. and they let the German shepherd out of the car to ch- yeah. right. crazy. Uh, Nicholas never responds to anyone when they say good night or have a nice day. I'm sure right. he also never looks to help directly in the eyes. Yeah, except except for his mom, who he made his maid. Yeah, yeah, that's forgot to tell us that that's his mother. <laughs> oh, the real game could be if Nicholas can pass charm school. Yes or no? Find out on ABC eight thirty this summer. <laughs> By the way, he's worried about naked Polaroids and blow in a hotel room, but Motley Crue could throw the furniture out the fucking window and nary a care, right? Ah, uh, tell me about it. <laughs> How the hell did the maid not kibosh this whole game? She's the closest to the family, unless her angle is to torture this miserable old fart who probably gives her a Jelly of the Month Club as a Christmas bonus. (laughs) The musical score and song choices in this film are solid, especially when the house is ransacked. I dug that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah. Um, uh, What was the song? Um, Jesus. I forgot too. It's a rock song. I yeah, old school one. Old, old school. Yeah. Okay. Ni- Nicholas has a cell phone the entire time, but calls the cops just once. Just once. Exactly. One time he calls the cops. He goes into the river. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, whatever. The scene, <laughs> the scene where Nicholas is at Christine's house with all the fake books is great. But how do the gunmen miss with all that live ammo? Yeah, tell me about it. They're, they're, they're shooting up everything except the two people that they're yeah. shooting at. And by the way, fully automatic weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, those weren't squibs. Right. Squibs don't hit windows yeah, yeah. and explode. That doesn't, that's not the way they work. Lucky for Michael Douglas, he's carrying that spare window handle like I carry condoms in my wallet in the 90s and 2000s. <laughs> of all his business partners and small circle of friends, no one, no one said fuck off to that company when they said, "I just play a game with me called pretend and yeah. here's the story. Not one of them said Fuck this, man. Yeah. That's that's a that's a bridge too far. Hey, we're gonna psychologically destroy your business partner. Yeah, oh, bankrupt okay. him. Yeah, that's I'm, cool. I'm cool. I'm you know cool what? He's a real jerk off. Why not? You know what he did? He put a dildo in my desk drawer. But I'm gonna get him back big time. <laughs> James Reborn on the top ten of Hey, I know that guy from that movie. Character actor. Yes. Everything. Everything. In the 90s. And and by the way, that's exactly what I was doing while I was watching. I was like, that's that guy from that thing. Yep. Oh, yeah. Now, Michael Douglas wakes up in the trunk in Mexico. This sounds like a bad combination of the films Buried Alive and The Hangover. Thankfully, this cut excludes a naked Ken Jeong. Yeah. I like Ken Jeong, though. He makes me feel good about myself. Oh, from the waist down, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. You you know what's not good? His stand-up act. His Netflix special. Please don't tell me he's doing stand-up. Yo, so they did a roast. I, for, I forgot it was for who. And Caroline Ray had one of the best lines I've heard at a roast. She goes, Ken Jong is here. Hey, I didn't know they filmed open mics for specials. I lost my shit. Dude, Woo! it was, buddy, it was so bad. I lasted like I haven't seen seven it. minutes. His wife, his the running joke goes, my wife's name is Ho. And it was a whole 
nonstop. My wife's name is Ho for about seven minutes out of, I don't know, 50 something, but I tapped out. I go, I'm done. I'm damn. It's trash. Uh, next. And so they're going over this plan to send into Mexico without passport or a cash. And no one in his circle of friends said, you know what? I'm going to draw the line here because I don't want to end up in a, as a headless corpse from a cartel drug deal gone wrong. <laughs> Michael Douglas got across the border back to America with no problem. And hey, he didn't have to wait 35 years for Joe Biden to declare open borders. <laughs> But I tell you what, I give the screenwriters credit because they went full bridges burned and foreclosed on his house. Yes. Damn, dude. Again, that's worse than saying, hey, here's your mom. Here's a bunch of Polaroids of her taking seven dildos in her butthole. I re-raise all in. <laughs> like James Reborn, one of these days, I would love to have my autographed headshot make its way onto a restaurant wall. And then have it stolen would be an even greater honor. Yes. And then the the shop owner uh, half-heartedly goes, hey, you taking my picture. Yeah. 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 That was her SAG card right there. That was it. She was like, I'm in, baby. Yeah. I'm in the union. I got a speaking part. I like how they said they used blanks, but blanks don't leave holes in siding, walls, or cars. But right. Blanks sure made holes in Brandon Lee when they were filming The Crow. Ooh. Oh, it's 30 years late on that one, but okay. I was still too soon. <laughs> I like how they kept up the tension and the tone throughout the film. They, 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 they stuck to the plot. They stuck to the guns on that one. Again, I'll, I'll assure, I'll let the cab driver do that shoulder roll out of the cab as it heads right into the bay off the hook. But again... Thankfully, he had that trusty door handle in his pocket. Yeah. Oh, that was, and that's a, go ahead. What's funny is he knew how to, you know, it's a very specific thing to get out of a car that's filling up with water. And somehow this man who is an aristocratic, filthy rich business owner right. who spends all of his time sitting in an office was perfectly well-versed in how to let a car underwater fill up with water and then swim out of it. <laughs> Do you know how hard the person fall? Or he could, or he could have called from the back of the cab, help, there's a maniac driving me in the cab and I'm headed toward the bay. Exactly. <laughs> Quick do a GPS trace on me. Uh, this would have been great when, when Sean Penn was shot. He then sits up and says, hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> if Sean Penn really wanted to get Michael Douglas to jump off that building, all he had to start doing was telling stories of him in Haiti for the last five years. <laughs> oh, I saw this film in college. I loved it. I own it. I rewatched it a bunch. I rewatch it for this podcast. It holds up. But boy, all the that doesn't happens really go oh man look michael douglas is great yes stories well, story is a great story and concept but being forced to swallow all of that like i said before like the matrix i love as long as you set the boundaries within a whatever boundaries you set from the very beginning like star wars or the matrix or whatever i'll i'll, I'll be on all in as a real world story with this you're like i'll let some shit slide but after a while like no yeah, no i no. can't i can't yeah, yeah. i mean 
just the uh, all around, as you said before, the all around unbelievable component of getting a hundred plus people to make someone's life miserable. Not one dissenter. I mean, look, it's not like Jeffrey Epstein is the target of this film. Everyone's out here just to take him to task and destroy him. <laughs> I, I, if you listen to this podcast, I've defended this film before. I like it still. It's not as great only because of all the, oh, come on, moments. This is a six out of ten for me. I did drop my score a little bit. I still okay. like it. Still, you still like, like it. it. Oh, I, oh, I just, I just hate it so much. <laughs> I get it. Look, I get you. Make plenty of points. I'm not arguing with you. I hate it so much. Yeah, you but know. It, it's a lot to swallow. All right. So critics, five star reviews. Okay. The game is possibly David Fincher's finest movie, or at least a close second to Zodiac. And it is a pity that is sandwiched between Seven and Fight Club. See, wow. I think th- I think this. By is- the way, I th- first of all, everybody loves Fight Club. I don't. I, okay. I don't. Overrated. Okay, Overrated. Good. And it is. Um, and seven. Everybody loves seven too. That you know, but uh, also, it's yeah, decent. Only because Morgan Freeman was great. Sure. You know, that's. I mean, that's what really he. Once again, a guy carrying a movie. Um, yeah, but this movie. I say it's worse than both of them. <laughs> Zodiac is decent, but it kind of just, you'll, you'll see it once and go, ah, all right, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. A feral puzzle of, of absurd corporate antics, Fincher's third film posts a horrifying question that no other filmmaker has dared to ask. What if Sean Penn was your brother? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I chuckled at that. The rational side of my brain can pick this movie apart until all that's left is incoherent threads. The movie mad side, happy to lose control, had a hell of a good time. Mm. Engaging thriller, uh, engaging 90s thriller has lots of profanity and violence. Okay. That's why it's rated R, you dickhead. Exactly. I mean, listen, I'm going to say that um, if you want to suspend all belief, like including the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, and you know any religion of your choice, um, yes. then, then this movie will work. This movie works. <laughs> the film's message about complacency transformed by chaos and uncertainty is hackneyed. Amazon, one, sorry, yeah, uh, critics one-star reviews. That's a critic one-star review. Oh, okay, that's yeah. Amazon, okay. Yeah. Critics, critics. Critics, okay. The rocky blur between reality and fantasy aspires to be a Hitchcockian after hours, but at two hours plus, the game gets played out early on. Oh, puns, puns, puns. But the script by John Brancato and Michael Ferris eventually reduces to a kind of visual and moral psychobabble, a surprisingly banal finale. I, I agree with that. I'm going to give him that. I must say, when it, when it gets to, again, as I like it, when it gets into Mexico, I'm like, all right, all let's, right. Just, let's just land this plane. Yeah. If you find yourself thinking of simple solutions to heroes dilemma every five minutes, that's a pretty lame, a pretty lame thriller in the game. It's more like every two minutes. I'm going to give them that. Yep. Amazon five star reviews. One of those movies that will make you think about your own life and evaluate it. I don't know about you, Chuck, but I've often contemplated my midlife crisis options with a game that turns your life completely around, which leads to my kidnapping an unconscious body locked in a trunk in Mexico without being raped. That's my. Yeah. When I when I consider my game, uh, you know, that will change. It's shoots and ladders. That's about (laughs) it. You ever play Fireball Island? That game is dope and we still have it. Google that. It's fun. Okay. 
More twists than Chubby Checker. Great entertainment, fast paced, and slick. Signed, Little Richard. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Great movie. I keep buying it. People keep borrowing it. Never get it back. We'll watch it again and again. Sounds to me like you have shitty kleptomaniac friends there, buddy. <laughs> Next one, I enjoy any movie any movie starring, featuring A-plus actor, Mr. Michael Douglas. All I can say is, parentheses, please say it like Gomer Pyle, Pyle, and parentheses, is surprise, surprise, surprise. Look, no one here is under the age of 127, so no one's going to do a Gomer Pyle impression. Thank you. Thank you. Amazon one-star reviews. Dark, unbelievable, unbelievable con job. The Sting, this is not. Signed, Yoda. only only thing that made it watchable was counting the plot holes okay right uh well this one guy really gets to the nitty-gritty two more logical ones the problem with all these sorts of movies is that with some shadowy company doing all these shenanigans is that they break suspension of disbelief one the amount of money it would take to pull off this would be multiples of whatever they could charge for it i'm talking tens of millions of dollars in customer cost two they would have to run afoul of law enforcement at multiple points three most people would have resorted to violence, i.e. with a real gun loaded with real bullets that wasn't magically tampered with, and the results would lead to criminal charges and lawsuits galore. The film is well acted, costumed, filmed, and scored, but poorly written, as per usual, for Hollywood. Mm. That person thought too much, but yeah. <laughs> Last one. Here we go. Poor Nicholas misses the breakaway glass and goes splat just like daddy. Conrad finally finally realizes what a sick, sadistic fool he is and plummets himself down after. Splat! The ridiculous CRS crew throw their hands in the air in unison and exclaim, this wasn't our fault, we're just doing our jobs. The movie set is suddenly invaded by stormtroopers who open fire with their blasters, killing anyone who is paid to take part in this asinine game, including David Fincher. Now that would have been a good ending. I gotta tell you, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on board with this ending. (laughs) $15 later, Chuck Nice and Kevin Goatee walk out of the theater together going, huh? Not, not bad. bad. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, since I don't have a co-host, I will say that Chuck, you indeed did gut the sacred cow. Well, I just want to say that, and, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I will never forgive you for making me watch that shit. <laughs> I get that a lot for that. Hey, you chose a film, goddammit. Don't blame me. I know, me. I know. You're like, don't blame me. <laughs> there are some films I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch that again, or some films I'm like, ugh. Some films uh, like, all right. This was an yeah. all right, I'll watch it again. But, nah, uh, I, I think like like I said in that email, I was like, you know what? Maybe I will, after all this time, end up kind of liking it, or at least maybe I'll be like, oh well, you know what? I this movie was kind of fun. That it just it made me angry. <laughs> I hear you, Chuck. You're a gem. You're a doll. You're an absolute peach. Thanks again for coming on Gutting the Sacred Cow, and everybody else. We'll see you next time. Take care. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.